This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillah, kathiran wa tayyiban mubarakan fi wa salawatullah wa salamuhu ala nabiyyina al-ameen wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Amma ba'du, finna khayrul kalam, kalamullahi wa khayrul huda. هدى رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار. We're on hadith number 33 and that hadith is about defending your Muslim brother and the obligation that we have to defend people when we see or we hear or we come to realize that they need help. They're being oppressed. So we have not ceased to try to defend the companions of the Prophet ﷺ from the tu'unat of those people who have no deen, who say that they may ridda, who say that they were kuffar, who said that they did all kind of dhanub and ma'asi from the people of tashayyur. We make dua that Allah guides those people. We don't want to be rough, tough, nasty. They're like many of the Muslims who were born and raised on an understanding of Islam that they thought and think is correct, like other people from our community, with this thing that people believe about the khatam and the yarmi and those things of kufr, making dua to people in the grave who are dead. They grow up and they think that's the deen, and it's hard to get that stuff out of their heads because their deen is cultural. So we have to be careful, take it easy, don't make takfir of people. But at the same time, we are not mutahawinun in this issue. This is a serious issue. So the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they deserve our defense. And Allah yudafu an alladina amanu. Allah azza wa He defends those people who believe. But that doesn't negate that we have a responsibility to defend people who we know are being oppressed. Your mother is being oppressed by her father. Your father is being oppressed by your mother. Your sister is being oppressed by her brother, your mother, your father, and so forth and so on. Halamujara, like that. We have to defend people. The sheikh who wrote this book, by the Lord of the Kaaba, he was oppressed by people who claimed the Sunnah. He was oppressed because of the ghulu that the sheikh has and the ghulu that his atba have. And now we find that the people of Tasawwuf and the Dawah of Sufism, it starts to spread in the lands when people start fighting each other from amongst the Sufa, amongst the people of the Sunnah, they become preoccupied. Now, Sufi people, they take over and everybody else is commanded to be quiet. This comes from the lack of hikmah that comes from the Dawah of the Ghulat of a Jarh with Tajriya. Big mushkila. So we have not ceased to defend Abu al-Harith, Hassan al-Harabi, with what is the haq. When he made a mistake on, he made a mistake on, like the rest of Adam's children. Last time we had our class, we talked about the hadith that the sheikh brought, hadith number 33. And we talked about that famous hadith of Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu. And he was sitting with the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And a man came and a man started arguing with him. And Abu Bakr remained silent for the first three things that the man said, and then he defended himself. And then the Prophet got up and left, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and said that an angel came down to defend you when you were quiet. But when you started defending yourself, I got up and left because shaitan came down at that time. We explained to you what was the meaning of all of that. So in order to big up Abu Bakr and take this opportunity to defend Abu Bakr, to dispel the myth and the lie, the tadlis, the kathab of the haddadiyin, the haddadiyah from the ghulat, that we're against Abu Bakr or Umar or anyone from the companions. Ridwanullah alayhim ajma'in. It's kathab. It's kathab. We defend the honor of all of the companions. And we see the companions as being part of the religion and that we have to take the Quran and we have to take the Sunnah and we have to understand those two sources in the way that the companions understood them and took them and practiced them and at the top of the list of those people was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq 
radiyallahu anhu. So I want to share another hadith. So this is part two to the same class, hadith number 33. Defending your brother. And that is none other than the authentic hadith that Abu Darda, tremendous hadith. He said that he was sitting with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and Abu Bakr came hurriedly towards him and he was uncovering his knee showing how quick he was running and he was upset and agitated. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to Abu Dardan, the people were sitting there, verily your companion, your companion, he has had a quarrel. Something is making him angry and he came. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I had a quarrel with Ibn Khattab. He didn't call him by his name because he was upset with him. He said, I had a quarrel with Ibn Al-Khattab, Umar. Ibn al-Khattab, radiyallahu anhu. He said, and what happened was, I was the one who wronged him. I said something that I shouldn't have said. And I dealt with Umar in a way that I shouldn't have dealt with him. And then after that, I became remorseful what I did. So I went and I asked him, forgive me for what I did to you, Umar. And that's because people have ikhtilaf and they have arguments. And they could be from the best of the people. There's no one sitting here except you have... You had an argument with someone, not a single person here. The Prophet said in authentic hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ikhtasama Adam wa Musa. Adam and Musa had an argument. They had an argument in Jannah. Musa said, Ya Adam, Allah created you with his own hands. Allah put you into the Jannah. Allah told the malaika to bow down to you. And because of you, we were expelled out of Jannah. And Adam said, do you hold me accountable for something that Allah wrote over me? And I mean the Qadr. It was the Qadr. You, you blame me for that? Rasulullah says, so Adam overpowered Musa in the argument. It wasn't an argument where the voices were raised in people, but that word, ikhtasama, it means to be in argumentation. Harun and Musa, they had misunderstandings to the degree Musa grabbed his brother by his beard. They're from the awliya of Allah. Fatima and her husband Ali. May Allah be pleased. They had an argument. The Prophet went to the house. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And Ali wasn't there. He said, where's Ali? She said, we had an argument. So he left. He went to the masjid. The Prophet went to the masjid. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And found him laying down in the dirt. And he called him Abu Turab. Oh father of the dirt. What are you doing in the dirt? Abu Turab. The point is, everybody argues. The people will not cease to have different varying opinions. Except the ones that Allah has rahmah upon them. And for that Allah created them. Allah created them to have ikhtilaf. No two people in this room, no son and father, are going to always see everything together. You and I won't see everything together. Not in the deen or in the dunya. So what happens when we argue? Do we argue without adab? Do we argue where we make takfir of people, tabdi of people, tafsiq of people? We say he's a kafir, he's a mubtadir, he's a fasir, he's a fajr. We start using foul language, we cut him off forever, we go overboard. That's how most people are today. Many people today. So Abu Bakr is a wali from the awliya of Allah. Umar is a wali from the awliya of Allah. And they had a misunderstanding. So Abu Bakr came and said, Ya Rasulullah, I became remorseful. I went to tell Abu Bakr, I went to tell Umar, forgive me for what I did. I'm sorry. Umar said, no, not forgiving you. And left. And made him upset even more. And that's when he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In the meantime, in between time, Umar, he came to his senses. He realized, okay, this happens. That's Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. This is the best of the Ummah. Whatever he did, it couldn't have been that bad. And that used to happen between them. There's a surah, Surah Al-Hujurat. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in that surah, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtan nabi. Oh, you believe. Don't raise your voices above the voice of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One of the meanings, if you are in his presence, talk with a low voice. That's respect for the one who was older, especially people of knowledge. And then your mother, your father, your uncle, people older than you. Don't be screaming and talking loud. 
In the case of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, don't put your voice before what Allah and His Messenger said, halal, haram. So don't you come and put your voice and say, no, it's the opposite of that, or you have an opinion. Another meaning of it is, don't raise your voice, literally. The Prophet asked Abu Bakr and Umar, may Allah be pleased with both of them, you see this tribe, they became Muslims now. They are new Muslims. Abu Bakr and Umar, you're my best friend. And you're my second best friend. You're the most knowledgeable after me. You're the second most knowledgeable. The best of this Ummah, these two men. So I want to take your advice. Who should we make the Amir from this new group of Muslims? Abu Bakr said, Fulan. Umar said, Fulan. Abu Bakr said, you only chose him because I chose him. He said, no, I didn't. You only chose him because you... And they was doing like that. The ayah came down and said, don't raise your voices in front of the Nabi of Islam. What's the point? Abu Bakr and Umar, they were arguing. Something you guys need to know about Abu Bakr. Many people think, when you think of strength, you think of Umar. That's it. Abu Bakr was tough. May Allah be pleased with him. The companion Abdullah ibn Mas'ud in describing Abu Bakr, he said, كَانَ فِيَ الْخَيْرُ كُرُّهُ مَعَ مَا كَانَ فِيهِ مِنَ الْحِدَّةِ All of the good was in Abu Bakr. He was intelligent, he was patient, he was strong, he was gentle, everything of good was in him. And he had some toughness as well. He was tough. His personality. But was he wild? Nope. Not wow, but he's a person who, when he stepped to you, you knew Abu Bakr was stepping to you. So get it out of your minds that Abu Bakr was, you know, I remember shaking hands with a brother one time, and he was shaking my hand like this, you know, two extremes. You got that one guy who want to shake your hand, and he want to break your hand because he believes a strong handshake is a sign of a strong mind. Get out of here with that stuff. There's no correlation between your hand shaking your mind, brother. Besides the brother you're shaking his hand, he had a ring on. So that's the extreme. The other extreme is the one who shakes your hand like he's real weak. Like he got the cooties or COVID or something like that. And he doesn't want to touch you. And he says, this is a sign of humility. Abu Bakr gave... That's not true. Abu Bakr was tough. Not rough, mean, nasty. But he wasn't a chump. He was a personality to deal with. How do you think he's going to be the Khalifa after the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he's a chump? How do you think that? Is it conceivable in the audience from the community are Mujahideen? And the leader over them is going to be someone who's afraid, soft. Now don't get it wrong. Don't misunderstand. Doesn't mean he was a tyrant, nasty. No. But he was strong. And that's why with Umar, who's going to deal with Umar like that? Somebody like Umar. Who did you ever see somebody talk to Umar like that? Abu Bakr, deal with him. And he, radiallahu anhu, didn't want to forgive Abu Bakr. So Abu Bakr came and he told the Prophet wasallam what happened. Umar went to Abu Bakr's house to apologize. Where's Abu Bakr? He's not there. He went to the masjid. When Abu Bakr came, Rasulullah said to Abu Dardan, those people, your, your, your companion, he's upset. He was quarreling with someone. He came. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I did this to Umar. And then I asked him, forgive me. And he said, no. Rasulullah said, may Allah forgive you, Abu Bakr. May Allah forgive you, Abu Bakr. May Allah forgive you, Abu Bakr. Even if Umar doesn't forgive you. I'm the Nabi of, of Allah, the Khatim of the Anbiya and the Rasul. And I'm going to ask Allah to forgive you three times. Forget what happened between you and Umar. Three times. When the Prophet saw Umar coming, Rasulullah stood up and he had that look on his face that everybody knows he was angry and upset. Angry. Not just a, just a look of being just, you know, displeased, but angry. Abu Bakr saw everything. Abu Bakr got on his knees and said, Ya Rasulullah, because he knew what was about to happen. Rasulullah saw Umar and he could, he could see Farasa, insight. Ya Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, I was the one who was wrong. I did it to him. I was wrong. It was me. It wasn't him. Rasulullah said to the people, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I came to you people and I gave you dawah. And all of you said, Kazept, all of you said I was a liar. Every last one of you said that I was a liar. And Abu Bakr said, I told the truth. Sadaqt, 
No one but Abu Bakr helped me and supported me with his money, all of his money. He made it accessible for me. This masjid, we need money to purchase this thing, to do this project, to give to these people, to do this. Abu Bakr was the one you go to, the go-to guy, radiallahu anhu. And he did that for the Nabi at a time when it was critical. They said that Abu Bakr had 5,000 dirhams saved up when it's time to make hijrah. 5,000 dirham cash money that he had, his money. Not talking about property and commodities and things that he owned. And he took all of that and he gave it to the Prophet of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. He said he helped me with his money and he helped me with his family. He married me to his daughter. To his younger daughter, his youngest daughter, he married me to her and supported me. And then he asked him the question, فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ تَارِكُ sahibi. Won't you people leave my companion alone? Leave him alone. Why did he call him the companion and all of them were the companions as well? Because the Prophet ﷺ took Abu Bakr as a special companion. Companion in Arabic is suhba, sahaba. Suhba. So there's the suhba that is amma. There's a general companionship that all of the companions had with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But Abu Bakr had the suhba that's khasa, special, that no one else shared with him in it. So if you have a sahib in the case of Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr was his companion from every angle and he didn't fall short of the mark in anything. You have a, your best friend. Your best friend is falling short of the mark in something. Maybe when you need help, you need money to borrow, he doesn't have it because he doesn't have money. He's your best friend. Maybe you ask him and that's the one thing you can't ask him because you know he's not going to give that to you. Abu Bakr was his sahib from every angle. Love, respect, on every angle. Whereas the other companions were his companions, but not like Abu Bakr. Not like Abu Bakr. Allah Ta'ala mentioned again and established this in the Qur'an. إِلَّا تَنْصُرُوهُ فَقَدَ نَصَرُهُ اللَّهِ إِذْ أَخْرَجُهُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا ثَانِي اثْنَيْنِ إِذْ هُمَا فِي الْغَارِ إِذْ يَقُلُ لِصَاحِبِهِ لَا تَحْسَنْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعْنَا If you people don't help him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, verily Allah helped him when he was one of two in the cave. When his sahib, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, he said to his companion, don't be afraid. Don't be sad. Don't be afraid. Allah is with us. So Abu Bakr has some qualities that make him Farid. He's unique from amongst the companions. He was the best friend of the Nabi of Islam. Hey, listen to what I'm telling you right now. Abu Bakr, if someone were to say to you, which companion do you admire the most? Don't say Khalid ibn Walid. Don't say Umar. Don't say Abu Dujana. People known for jihad. Nope. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, he's the best of the companions. He had qualities, characteristics, nobody shared with him. He was the first adult man to accept Islam. No one preceded him to al-Islam. From the special qualities of Abu Bakr, many. Abu Bakr, you know the ten people promised Jannah? The Ashatul Mubashireen. Abu Bakr gave dawah to six of them. So six of the best of his ummah, Abu Bakr being one of the ten, so it's nine remaining. Nine remaining. From those nine, six of them became Muslims because of Allah and from the da'wah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. Not from the Nabi directly, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, I'm a revert. We have reverts in the audience. Abu Bakr, they were reverts. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, all of his family came into Islam. His mother, his father, his father's story is a tremendous story. All of his children became Muslims. All of his slaves and servants became Muslims. That didn't happen for any other companion. The Prophet would ask the people, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who woke up today fasting? Abu Bakr said me. Some other people said me. Who woke up today and he made a janazah? Abu Bakr said me. Some other people said me, other than those who said they woke up fasting. How many of you gave sadaqah to poor person? Abu Bakr said me. Some people said me, other than the ones who did the other two. How many of you people, you went and visited a sick person? Abu Bakr said me. 
for all four. He was the only one. The Nabi said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I swear by the one who my soul is in his hand. No one wakes up in a day and does those four things except I promise him Jannah. Abu Bakr was the only one who said that. He was a tremendous companion. Radiallahu Not just a companion. He was the best friend of the Nabi of Islam. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Listen. Umar, Umar said about Abu Bakr, remember this, Isa. Umar said, if you put the Iman of Abu Bakr in the scales and the Iman of all of the people in the earth in the other scale, Abu Bakr's Iman will outweigh their Iman. Although that's not a hadith from the Prophet ﷺ, Umar wouldn't have never said that authentic statement if it didn't come from the Nabi, although he didn't say Rasulullah said that. The companions, unlike the people today, they don't talk about the ghaybiyat on their hawa. Someone calls the imam up, calls anyone up, oh, I had a dream, I had a dream. I was walking, I was going and driving to the marketplace and I saw my mother-in-law walking back from the drive from the marketplace and my mother had some oranges in one hand, some apples in the other hand and her other son was carrying a watermelon. Oh, yep, I know what that means. Your mother put magic on you. Your mother put magic on you. Your mother-in-law, she has evil eye on you. The question is, hey, where you get that from? You're talking about the ghaybiyah, just, just, what are you talking about? And worse than that, the one who hears that say, I knew it. I knew it. Everything is the evil eye. He doesn't look at it. He's not making fudging on time. He doesn't look at that as a reason. He doesn't look at it. He's doing a al wadi ding, disrespecting his parents. He doesn't look at that as being a reason that he got a car accident, he lost a job. It's always the evil eye. So the companions, whenever they say something, this is an important principle in your religion. If the companion says something that's from the unseen and it's authentic and it's not going against the Quran and the Sunnah, then that thing has the ruling of coming from the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In Ayatul Kursi, Allahu la ilaha illahu al hayyul qayyum. Ayatul Kursi. They asked Abdullah ibn Abbas, "What is the Kursi?" He said, "It's the place of the two feet. It's the place where you put the two feet." Al-Kursi. He didn't say Rasulullah said that. Abu Abu, he said that on his own. He wouldn't have said something like that if it was, if it didn't come from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa So the point here is, he said, if you put the iman of Abu Bakr in this scale and the iman of everybody else on the earth in the scale, Abu Bakr's iman will be heavier than that. All of those are signs and indications that Abu Bakr was a tremendous individual that we owe a lot of gratitude to radiallahu anhu and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us enter into the jannah and be close to Abu Bakr the Siddiq as it relates to Abu Bakr being given this name a Siddiq it's important that you know this why is he a Siddiq and who is the Siddiq Allah mentioned in the Quran وَمَنْ يُتِعِ اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصَّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءَ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَحَسُنَ أُولَٰئِكَ رَفِيقًا Anyone who obeys Allah and he obeys the Messenger of Allah, they will be with those people that Allah gave them ni'mah to. Allah favored and blessed them. Who are they? The Nabiyeen, the Prophets. And then next in line, the Siddiqeen. They're below the Anbiya. And then under them, under them, the Shuhada. High level to get killed in the cause of Allah. And then the next level, the general righteous people, the Salihin. And Allah said, this is a good fraternity. So Allah called them the Siddiqeen. The Siddiq is the person who's under the Nabi and the Rasul. It's a high level. It's a high level. And Abu Bakr was a Siddiq. How and why? Because of the hadith we just mentioned. Rasulullah said to the people, I came to you, and you said, Kedabta. And Abu Bakr said, Sadaq. You said, I lie. And Abu Bakr said, Sadaq. You told the truth. So that made him have a connection to that word. He became a Siddiq, the one who has that strong iman, unwavering, doesn't flicker. The time when other people's iman are flickering, other people are weak, 
stuff is happening to them. They're under stress and pressure. And then they start thinking, should I not do it like that? And start thinking about bending the rules. Abu Bakr, the Sadiq is not like that. The Sadiq is the one who says, bring it on. He doesn't want trouble. He doesn't want a fitna. He doesn't want that. But if it comes his way, his thinking is, I'm taking a bull by the horns. Some people, as Allah said in the Quran, they want to extinguish the light of Allah by blowing on it. So the people come and they blow. Cut off your beard. You can't pray here. You can't go to Juma here. This, that. You can't wear hijab here. Your parents, your relatives, you're this, you're that. And as soon as a person hears that, the Sadiq says, May Allah guide you, but here I stand. But the other person who's not on the way of the Sadiqeen, they blow in the wind. Sometimes they become mutalawin. I want you to write that word down from loom, loom, lam, wow, noom. Loan, color, mutalawin. Abdullah bin Mas'ud, those companions who say, Iyakum wa talawin fiddin. Beware of changing colors in the religion. One day you this, one day you're that, the next day you're this. And I know a particular guy, I got love for him, respect for him. I defended that man in the beginning. I still defend him. I don't say he's a person of innovation. I don't say that. He doesn't call it innovation. But if he's asked a question, he's put on the spot. He can't say the truth. So if you ask about homosexuality, can't say the truth. Got to say it as nice as you can. What are you going to try to, how, how in the world are you going to try to fix that up and put, and put, um, and put um, honey on that issue to make people like what you're saying? You got to just tell them, man. Which way in Islam, which madhab is right? Some people told me I should be this, I should be that, I should be this, I should be that, I should be that. Well, you know they call me chocolate, man. This ain't the time to be joking and playing here. This is the time to say the truth. So why is Abu Bakr the Siddiq? There's one reason. Another reason is Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj. When the Prophet went to Isra wal-Mi'raj, and then they saw him and said, Ya Abu Bakr, your companion said, he went last night and came back from Beitul Maqdis. And you know this takes us from a month to two months. He said he went and came back in one night. Abu Bakr said, I didn't hear that. But if he said it, I believe it. And when Rasulullah heard that, he called him a Sadiq. He never heard it. And he didn't say, Wallahi well, is true. Because he didn't know if it was true or not. The Kuffar, who have no adala. The Kuffar, you can't take their khabar. You can't just take their news. You have to ascertain. When the non-Muslim said, he said he did this and did that. Abu Bakr didn't deny it. Abu Bakr said, if he said that, wallahi, I believe it. That's sitq. It's iman. And then the person comes today and he thinks he could cherry pick from the, what he wants from the religion. and come. And, no, not like that. That's the second reason. The third reason is an ayat of the Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala mentioned, المتقون, And the one who brought the truth, as-sidq, and the one who sadaqabi, and the one who believed it, then verily those are the ones who are the ones who have taqwa. So some of the scholars who give tafsir of the Qur'an, they say, The one who brought the truth, is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَصَدَّقَ بِهِ And the one who believed in that truth Abu Bakr al-Siddiq From this particular ayah All of those are reasons why Abu Bakr al-Siddiq Is called the Siddiq So you gotta have that in your mind He was with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam At the battle of Uhud And the Kuffar They started chasing the Nabi Because the archers left their posts And then the tables turned Rasulullah, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, they started running up the mountain of Uhud. When they ran away from the people on the mountain as a strategy to get themselves together, the mountain started rumbling and shaking. Started rumbling and shaking. Rasulullah said to the mountain, because he's a Nabi from the Anbiya, Allah lets the insects talk to the Anbiya, not just to Sulaiman, but to the Anbiya. Allah allowed the animals to talk to some of the NBA. 
Wallahi, Rasulullah would talk to the animals. But do we look at him as like Dr. Doolittle? Somebody said Rasulullah is like Dr. Doolittle. Don't give that tashbih. He's like Dr. Doolittle. Allah gave him the ability to understand the animal, the camel, and other animals. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said to Uhud, Uthbit ya Uhud, fa inna alayka nabiyan wa siddiqan wa shahidain. Hey, Uhud, stop shaking like this because it was upset. Stop shaking. Relax. Take it easy. Because on top of you is a Nabi and a Siddiq Abu Bakr and two martyrs. And they weren't even dead yet. And the two martyrs, Umar and Uthman, they knew they were going to get killed. They lived their life after the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, knowing full well that they're going to get killed. And they didn't try to run away from death. You know the level of iman that would take? If you know that that's, you're going to go out like that, you'll be looking at everybody thinking he's going to stab me in my back. They gave me poison, man. I'm not eating that. I'm not drinking that. Why you want me to sit there? Somebody going to shoot me. That's how you live your life. They didn't live their lives like that. They understood that ayah. Wherever you are, death is going to come and get you. Even if you're in a lofty tower, can't run from death. But the point here is, the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, called Abu Bakr al-Siddiq in this issue. As-Siddiq. Can you and I, can we become Siddiqeen? Yeah. So when you read Surah Al-Fatiha, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawm Al-Din Iyaka Na'bud Wa Iyaka Nasta'in Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqeen Sirat Al-Ladheena An'amta Alayhim The Sirat of the people you gave them the Ni'mah And who are they? The ayat that we just read Whoever obeys Allah and His Messenger Then they will be with those people from the Nabiyyin wa Siddiqin wa Shuhada wa Salihin. Anybody could be a Siddiq. But will you be on the same level with Umar, Abu Bakr? Kalla wallahi. You won't be on the same level because he's a Siddiq and he's a scholar and he has all these other things with him. He's a companion. So when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to the people, have you, won't you people leave alone my companion? They're all his companions. Abu Bakr is a special companion. And that was the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. He was giving dawah to, he was giving dawah to this thing about defending. Now listen, this is really important. Abu Bakr has a lot of virtues, ikhwani, and that's why we have to defend him. You have a relative, and they have some tashayur in them. Your relative is a Shiite. You can't marry your daughter to someone who curses Abu Bakr. If you marry your daughter to a person of deviation, those scholars of the past said you have helped to destroy her religion. And Allah has commanded you as a dad, commanded all of us. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu quu anfusakum wa ahlikum nara. Oh, you believe save yourselves and save your families from the hellfire. Its fuel is men in stone. Over that hellfire are some angels. They are rough. They are stern. They never disobey Allah what He told them to do. They do what they're told. So we've been commanded teach that boy the religion. Your kid goes to public school, you have to detox him. What did you learn today? What did they expose you to today? Valentine's, this, that. You have to go. We have to go over that stuff with our kids. You have to put them in the Quran school. Listen to this. Our masjid, when we pray, we lack discipline in all of our masjids. And that when the imam moves, where most of the people are moving with the imam. Most of the people are anticipating. Why does the kid anticipate? Because his dad never sat him down and said, this is how you pray. And this is how you pray in Jamaat. So the dad doesn't know. So the kid grows up not knowing. You know the Arabs say about the wood, the, 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 the wood. You have a piece of wood. It said, when will the shadow of this piece of wood ever go straight if the wood is crooked? 
So if the sun hits the wood, the shadow is going to be crooked. How do you expect it to go straight? The dad is crooked. The mother is crooked. So the point here is, you pay attention to the next prayer, and pay attention to Allah, but, you know, be aware. Watch how many of us are anticipating. The companion said, we did not move to the next position until the prophet put his head on the ground. And then we went on the ground. When he made Rokor, when he got it, that's when we went. When he came, not when he said, Samia, and we, we start moving. But that's the responsibility of the teachers. That's the responsibility of the du'ad in this masjid. That if you're praying in this masjid, and you see that's going on, you have to get the attention. You yourself should say something. Don't always wait for the same people. So as it relates to this issue that I want to bring to your attention from the virtues of Abu Bakr is that surah in Surah Al-Fatiha. Guide us on the Surah Al-Mustaqim. Some of the scholars who gave tafsir, they said, guide us on the path, the Surah Al-Mustaqim, the path of Abu Bakr and Umar. The path of Abu Bakr and Umar. When you ask Allah to guide you on the path of Abu Bakr and Umar, you're guided aright. That's a tafsir. Meaning the path of the companions. And they used Abu Bakr and Umar as being the rums for the companions. That's from his virtues. From his virtues. The companions were sitting there. Listen to this. Listen to this. They were sitting there. And they used to debate and discuss issues. They said, who do you think Rasulullah loves the most out of all of us? Now, everybody here loves the Nabi of Islam. Little Isa, my man. My little man right there who I had lunch with, dinner yesterday, everybody would wish he was on the back of the camel like Abdullah ibn Abbas, close to the Nabi of Islam. The mountain of Uhud is shaking because it loves him. The, uh, um, the tree, when they took the old member away and put a new member there, and the old member was over there, Rasulullah got the, on the member to make the khutbah, and everybody heard the old member going... Whining and crying. Everybody looked over there. Rasulullah said, it misses me. Got off of the mimbar and walked over there and rubbed it. And that mimbar chilled out. That wood. Because you love him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So who from amongst us? If you were to knock on his door. You're young, you went sick, whatever. He came to your house. Whatever you needed from him. He would never turn away. Today, if you need something from the imam of the masjid, the imam said, okay, no problem. Just go take a ticket, and when your number comes up, come see me after four or five days. Because you're number 85 in the line. That's how it is today. Can't make an appointment with the imam. You won't see him. Rasulullah, for all of the inshirah that he had, busy, he made himself available for everybody. So the boy is sitting, he said, hey, what I mean, young boy. Remember Allah, Allah remember you. Remember Allah in good times, he'll remember you in bad times. Hey boy, if you ask, ask of Allah. Hey boy, don't you be scared of anybody but Allah. What do you think is going to be in that boy's heart? If his father says it, he loves his father. But those words are coming out of the mouth of the Nabi. The Rasul was sitting with Mu'adh ibn Jabal, one of the young people who grew up to be a big scholar. He said to him, Ya Mu'adh, inni uhibbuka, wallahi inni la uhibbuka lillah. Muaz, I love you. Wallahi, I love you for Allah's sake. Don't you know that that boy is going to be looking, paying attention, and what's next? Rasulullah said, Usika, la tatru, dubr, kulli salat, entakul. Allahumma inni ala dhikrika, wa ala dhikrik, Allahumma inni ala dhikrika, wa shukrika, wa husni ibadatika. Muaz, I love you. Wallahi, I love you. I advise you, Muaz. Never, ever, ever finish your prayer. Before you say, Never, ever, ever make salams until you say this dua. Oh Allah, help me to remember you, to do your worship. Help me on all these things. Moab said when I heard that, I, I never left it off after that. Why? Because of the introduction. I love you. Well, those companions were asking who does the Rasul love the most? The little man said, he loves me more than everybody. 
He said, no, he doesn't. He loves me more than everybody. Because of his past experiences. He says, no, no, both of you be quiet. He loves me more than enough. This one would say, wallahi, he loves me more than everybody. That one would say, don't swear by Allah. Wallahi, he loves me. And they all kept saying that. And they started getting uptight. Because everybody felt that they loved him. He loved them the most. Everybody. And then someone from the group said, hey, wait. Allah has told us in the Quran, Ya ayyulladheena amanu, ati'ullaha wa ati'ur rasool wa ulil amri minkum, fa in tanaza'atum fi shay'in farudduhu lallahi wal rasool, in kuntum tu'minun billahi wa yawm al-akhir. Thalika khayrun wa ahsanu ta'wila. Oh, you believe, obey Allah and obey his messenger and obey those who are putting authority over you. Obey your father, obey your mother, obey your senior brother, obey your senior sister, obey the police, obey the kuffar who have authority, your teacher. Obey people who have authority over you. As long as they don't tell you to disobey Allah. And then Allah said in that ayat, and if you disagree amongst yourselves in anything, then refer it back to Allah and His Messenger. So why are we going to keep going back? Why are we going to argue? Let's go to Him. All of the people went. Let's go. Leave the masjid. Let's go. They all go to his house. Knock on his door. Now, if you go to the imam's house right now, and then they said, Ya Rasulullah, we need you to talk, talk to you. The imam to say, man, you don't have any appointment. Will you come here? I'm eating lunch or whatever. What are you coming here for right now? He came down. We had this argument, Ya Rasulullah. And it was about who do you love the most? The imam today would say, what? You brought me out of my outside there for this after Lord time? I was taking a qaylula, a siesta. Well, what's wrong with you, this, this question? Could ask me that back in the masjid? He looked at the situation. He said, I love Aisha the most. They said, no, no, no. We understand that. That's your wife. That's your wife. We understand that. That's your wife. We're talking about us, the men. He said, Ibn Abaha, Abba Bakr. Then I love her father the most, Abu Bakr. That establishes he's the most beloved to the Prophet of Islam. And his daughter is the most beloved. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam radiallahu anhu. Allah mentioned in the Quran. It's important, ikhwani. That hadith is important. Allah mentioned about the risala of Rasulullah. His dawah, his religion is universal. Qul ya ayyuhannas, inni rasulullahi ilaykum jami'ah. Tell them, O mankind. I'm a messenger of Allah to all of you, white, black, Arab, non-Arab, rich, poor, man, woman, all of you. I'm the Rasul of Allah to all of you. Allah mentioned another ayat of the Quran, تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي نَزَّلَ الْفُرْقَانَ عَلَىٰ أَبْدِهِ لِيَكُونَ لِلْعَالَمِينَ نَذِيرًا تَبَارَكَ اللَّهِ Blessed is Allah, the one who revealed the Furqan, the Quran, on his slave, so that his slave can be a nazir, so that the Quran can be a nazir, a warner for the alameen, for the jinn, mankind, everybody. Universal dawah. Another ayat. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا كَافَةً لِلنَّاسِ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ we have not sent you, Ya Muhammad, except we sent you to all of the people. And we sent you as a Bashir and as a Nadir, a giver of God tidings and a warner. But most of the people, they don't know. They don't understand. They don't accept it. They don't embrace it. Three ayat. Number four, ila rahmatin alameen. We sent you as a rahmat to the alameen. Listen. So the Prophet's dawah was for everybody. But look how that out, it played itself out with those companions. Every single companion felt and thought he came to him. So this ayah that he was sent to everybody, yeah, the meaning of it, he was sent to Arabs and non-Arabs, white and black, rich and poor. But look at how the prophet did the tatbiq, how he applied that. The people who were around him, everybody felt he came to me. So the youngsters in this masjid, if you want to know how the Prophet dealt with the youngsters, it's as if he was only sent to them. The elderly people, as if he was only sent to them. The woman, who do you love the most? The one, I love my wife the most. That's raising her. Bringing Surah An-Nisa from the Quran. 
giving those women hukuk and all this stuff. So Rasulullah came for everybody. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was the best of the companions radiallahu anhu. And for that reason the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam defended him. He defended him in this mawqif with a defense although Umar radiallahu anhu, although he was the one who made the mistake. I mean Abu Bakr made the mistake on him. But the Prophet ﷺ was saying, Hey Abu Bakr, this is, Hey Umar, Umar, this is Abu Bakr. This is a man that you forgive. Arham man fil ard, yarhamkum man fil sama. Have mercy on those who are in the earth and the one who is in the heavens, over the seven heavens, who have mercy upon you. That's a lesson for everybody. Hey Umar, Umar, if you're going to forgive people, and, and expect and want Allah to forgive you, then this is the man to do that for. That's what it wasn't saying that Abu Bakr could do anything that he wants to do. And this is why we brought this hadith to show the balance of the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In the previous hadith, the man was saying bad things to Abu Bakr. He said one thing, then a second time, then the third time, then Abu Bakr said, hey, yeah, yeah, but what this, this, that. And he only pushed back some of what the man and the Prophet got up and left. Although his friend was being oppressed, he got up and left. Abu Bakr got up and rang out Rasulullah. He was saying that you, you, you just sat there. Then when I said, he said, because when he was saying those things to you, the angel came down and was saying, you're a liar. That man is a liar. You don't have to say anything. But when you started speaking on behalf of yourself, Shaytan came down. And I didn't want to sit around when Shaytan was there. I got up and left. So here... Abu Bakr over here was oppressed and Rasulullah taught a lesson. Over here, Abu Bakr fell into the mistake, but the Prophet defended him. Not defended him with bartal falsehood. He asked Allah to forgive him for what he did to Umar. But he wanted Umar like he wanted Abu Bakr. Take the higher road. Take the higher road, Abu Bakr. Let that man keep talking. Umar. You're the second best person, second best person from this ummah after Abu Bakr. Take the higher road. When Abu Bakr came and said, forgive me, I'm sorry, you should have said to him, okay, I forgive you. He's not like some of the people who have oppressed us, who don't have religion. Some people oppressed us, they don't have religion. We have ongoing fights with them, they're ignorant. So it's a struggle sometimes to forgive them. No. There's a wali from the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what we wanted to present to you, brothers, today in the way of defending Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. Um, in this message, we honor, inshallah, and we call to the way of the companions and as individuals. There are no speakers here who are remotely close to talking about the companions in any bad way. Intentionally, this is something that is not ma'akul. May Allah forgive us. But a person can make a mistake and the way he says something, like some sheikhs have said, when they talk bad about prophets like Suleiman and other than that, the sheikh didn't mean what he said, but he said it. But we give him a pass because, you know, it is what it is. Okay, Akhwani, if you brothers have any questions, inshallah, you can put your questions in forward. All of you brothers who bring your kids, may Allah Azza Jal continue to bless you guys. Uh, and make that connection between you and your sons and the rest of your family, but especially your sons, gave you a strong bond between you and your boys, inshallah. You and your boys. I make dua to Allah for that. What's your name, little man? Where are you from, Talha? And the Maghribi. Subhanallah. Germany, huh? Almania, huh? MashaAllah. Welcome, welcome, Talha. Are you in the Quran school here? You are? I never saw you before. Come give me some love, man. Come here. Hurry up, man. I forget it, man, because you got a New York Yankees shirt on anyway. I don't like the Yankees anyway. I like the New York Mets, man. It's for the guy. Different, what is a disciple? Like in, um, in disciple meaning the Christians? 
Companion, what's the difference between a companion and a disciple? I don't know this disciple business. I don't know if they translate it like that. But the technical term of a companion is anyone who met the Prophet ﷺ, believed in him, and then he died believing in him, and he's a companion. And we shouldn't say anyone who met him and saw him, because some companions couldn't see. They didn't see. So anybody who met him, they got to meet him. Like he met the prophets and the messengers and Beit al-Maqdis. So some of the scholars said they were companions by the technical meaning. But we're not going to get into that. So that's who the companion is. Anyone who met him, believed in him, and died believing in him. Because some of the people in Isra and Miraj, when that happened, some people apostated who were companions. They met him, they believed in him. But Isra and Miraj happened, they disbelieved. They said, I don't believe that story. And they became kuffar. Some of them died on kufr, and some of them came back. Those are companions, although they were kuffar. After believing in they made ridda. When the Prophet died, sallallahu alayhi wa there were some people who said, we're not going to give the zakat. So they became the people of ridda. When Abu Bakr fought against them, some of them came back to Islam. So they're companions. A disciple, I don't know if that's what they're saying a disciple is. But I do remember this disciple was a word that was given to the Mukhadram. The Mukhadram is a person who he lived during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, but he never met him. But he was the age of Rasulullah. He was older than Rasulullah. Abu Bakr was two years and a few months after the Nabi was younger than him. By two years and a few months. There were people who had accepted Islam during his time. They lived during his era. But when he got to the Medina, he was dead, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so they never met him. They're not tabi'een. That man is a mukhadram. A mukhadram, he lived in the time of the Nabi, but he didn't accept. Whereas the tabi'een, they didn't live during his time. They lived during the time of the companions. And I think I saw disciple for that word, and companion for the companions. Allahu alam. And the other thing is disciple, I saw the disciple of Isa, the Hawariyun, that's what I know. And they're the companions of Isa. The last class hadith, the first one, 33, we explained that hadith. Uh, I think there's some compromise with the audio, but the Prophet ﷺ was sitting with Abu Bakr and another man started speaking very tough and rough to Abu Bakr. And he said, you this, 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 Abu Bakr didn't say anything. And then the man said, and you this, that, this, that, that, that. Abu Bakr didn't say anything. Then the third time the man said, and you, you, you. And then Abu Bakr proceeded to defend himself. And he only said some, not a lot. He just said, look, I'm not this, that. And when he did that, Prophet Muhammad got up and left. Abu Bakr went after him and said, why is it that when that man was talking nasty to me, you kept sitting? But when I defended myself, you got up and you left. Rasulullah said, because there was an angel that was there that was defending you, everything he said. It's like Rasulullah saying, may Allah forgive you, Abu Bakr. May Allah forgive you. May Allah forgive you. Even if Abu Umar doesn't forgive you. Rasulullah is making that dua. Over here, even though that man is saying this to you, Allah has an angel saying, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, I didn't want to sit and witness because Shaitan was there at that time. The angel left, Shaitan came. So he left. That's what that hadith says. Concerning the people who curse the companions, they are of different types and as Muslim, the student of knowledge has to be precise and make a distinction. So some of 
the people of Shiaism, some of them don't curse the companions. Some of the ulama of the past, they felt that Ali was better than Abu Bakr, Umar, and Uthman. And that was a tashayyur in the past. Some of the ulama of hadith were like that. Some of al-Bukhari's rijal are like that. Imam Muslim's rijal and hadith are like that. They said that Ali is better than Abu Bakr, Umar, but they don't curse them. But the ones who curse them, the 12 Imam Ifna Ashariya, those Iraqis and those people who curse them, this is kufr, what they're doing. I say, my position, they're ulama, I say they're kuffar. Wala karama. As for the awam, the regular people, no, they're ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. We have brothers who are brawis. And what they say and do is kufr, brother, and it's shirk. We're not going to say they're kufar and mushrikun, but they're ignorant. Your grandmother and grandfather and auntie and now, you know how the religion is. Khatam, yarmi, you know, and all of this stuff. Making dua to dead people, that's kufr. Allah Ta'ala mentioned many ayat of the Quran. وَمَنْ يُشَاقِكِ الرَّسُولِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيِّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Anyone who fights and opposes against the Messenger after knowledge has come to him. He's doing that after the knowledge came. And Allah Ta'ala is going to put that man in the hellfire, turn him to what he wanted and punish him. But the ayah said, after knowledge. So if knowledge is not there, knowledge, ignorance, is a reason for a person to be excused. You thought you traveled to another city, Madrid, for the first time, going to the hotel. You pray Salat al-Dhuhr thinking it's this way. You didn't know. Then you found out it wasn't that way. You don't have to do that Salat again. Because you're ignorant. You didn't do it intentionally. So if a person is ignorant, then he is excused. And these regular people are ignorant. So this is why we say, take it easy with your relatives. Brailbis, give them dawah. The Obundis, give them dawah. That hatred that they have, Wahhabi, give them, give them dawah. Take it easy. Be gentle with them. I know it's not easy, but be easy. As for the Imams, what's his name in Iran? Ayatullah Khomeini. It's a kafir billahi. Because they have knowledge. And they say things that are not acceptable. Ali has a station that none of the angels and none of the prophets ever took. That's what they say. Ali has an, a, a level like that. Ali is Allah reincarnated. The aqtab, the um, axis of the world, is in the hands of Ali. Ali is the one who feeds us and provides for us. Anybody who says that, these people who say that, you know what you're saying? You are outside of the fold of Al-Islam. But the regular people, no, they're ignorant, inshallah. They're ignorant. Okay, Khwani, we're going to stop here, inshallah. And we ask Allah to... Go ahead, my brother. Between a Siddiq and a Salih. This Siddiq, what's the difference between a Siddiq and a Salih? Every Salih, every Siddiq is a Salih, but not every Salih is a Siddiq. There's some, um, some Amum, some Khas, and some Amum between them. Every person who is a Siddiq, like every person who is a Siddiq, is a Salih. But every Salih is not a Siddiq. Every prophet is from the Salihin. But not every Salih person is a prophet. So the Siddiq is a higher level. It's that person who doesn't get the za'za'u fi imanihi. When things come, he doesn't, um, he doesn't do the tap dance. You know, some people... They do the tap dance, man. Some, you go to the, um, what do you call that? The um, immigrations. They stop you. They start questioning you. And you get scared. You come with your wife, coming back with your wife. They put you in one room. You're hiring another room. You never was, like, you don't know what to deal with that. You, you don't know. And right away they see your fear. And then they have one cop who's rough with you and the other one who's real nice. So that's Mutt and that's Jeff. Never go for Mutt and Jeff. Mutt and Jeff. Mutt is going to be rough with you. 
And, and, and Jeff's going to be like, yo, you want me to keep him up off? You better help us. You want me to keep him off off? And then the guy just started dancing. I'm telling you, may Allah protect us. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa shadu an la ilaha illa an astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.